Simon Wollstonecroft is a drummer from Manchester. His first band at school was with Ian Brown and John Squire. His second band became The Smiths. He played with The Fall for 11 years and continues to play drums for Manchester bands today. Johnny Marr nicknamed him Funky Sai. This is Funky Sai's A to Z of Manchester. Hello, Simon. How are you? Good evening, Jackie. <laughs> what have you been up to? I've been thinking about bonfires. Have you been to any? Oh, I love a good bonfire. Yeah. Have you ever had one in your own house? Well, not in the house in the garden. Well, funnily you should say that, because my sister Jane and I, in the 70s, my dad, for a couple of years, bought these indoor fireworks. Do you remember them? It was a box that was the size of, you know, a Monopoly game. That right. sort of size. Yeah. You got this, all these little things out. Basically... I don't really remember much about it. They can't have been that uh, good. That but, impressive. Well, I just remember the smell, you know, the sulphur, absolutely overpowering. It was hardly breathe. But for a couple of years, we got them. I've never met anybody who's ever had any. Have you had any? I don't think so. I don't think we would have been allowed with five kids. That would have been too much trouble. Indoor fireworks. No, Who'd we, we had outdoor fireworks. They were equally as disappointing. What was your favourite firework? Well... They were all a bit boring, weren't they? I wanted the ones that really, you know, fired up in the air and made a big deal, but they didn't ever seem to. They'd fizz around for a bit. Things have moved on, though, haven't they? Well, that's why you go to the... You must have liked watching a Roman candle do its thing. (laughs) (laughs) Or a a Catherine wheel. But we used to have um, a bonfire in the park opposite when we were younger, and my mum would make us go and take the old mattress off the bed. Right, and burn it. Do you remember those days? Well, I've never burnt a mattress. <laughs> How often did that go? <laughs> Perhaps that wasn't bonfire night. It was just something that happened around our way. <laughs> but, yeah, we'd have to carry the mattress over the road. Not easy to handle them things, are they? They're not easy to not handle. Not on your own, anyway. No, well, don't You've worry. You've got all your sisters there. Yeah. yeah, we had a few of us. You get a corner each, did you? We'd have <laughs> to in the middle. do it, I think, in the dead of night. Because nobody... <laughs> Just what? so they knew which house it hadn't come out of. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to ask you anything else about the mattress. <laughs> oh, dear. But, uh, yeah, quite disappointing. But the, the ones they do now, the firework displays to music, fanta- oh, fantastic. Aren't they, yeah. aren't they good? Yeah. Yeah. I went to see a display at Platfields, and there was a group of people, I think I have mentioned it, that's run by the captain, and they do it to music, uh, really good, you know, sort of dance music with beats and fireworks going off, you know, at the right time. Very impressive, it, it was. It is impressive. So if anybody's out and about this weekend or this week, yeah, then be careful. please be safe. Never return to a firework that goes out. It's wise words from Mr Wollstonecroft. My first V is the Vox Phantom Special Guitar. Now, interesting guitar, this, pentagonal in shape. Uh, I'm not sure how many sides that has, five sides? Five, I think, Yeah. pentagon, yeah. Did Latin, you know. Well done. And uh, <laughs> basically, um, Ian Curtis played this uh, guitar, a white one, on the single, uh, Love Will Tear Us Apart, and it's quite an iconic one, and it came up for auction uh, only a couple of weeks ago, sold for 162000 Wow. It's great, that, isn't it? Um, but interestingly, when I was in the weeds with Andrew Berry, a singer, guitarist, he played that set, very same guitar, the the old Vox Phantom Special, 
for a few gigs. The actual one that belonged... The actual one, yeah. Oh, okay. I think probably Bernard got hold of it or whatever, mm-hmm. and uh, Johnny had it for a bit, Johnny Marr. Oh, so it's been passed around. Passed around a bit, but he used it, and I've got a picture somewhere, and I'm dying, and I've, I've looked high and low for it, and I've seen it not so long ago in my flat, so going to have a proper good look again, So Jackie. we've got the evidence. I've got the evidence. I've got a picture that's um, from the Hacienda soundcheck one day, but it just looks like a white blob because the uh, picture was rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're going to try and find that. Is but, there anything, any pop memorabilia you'd like? Um, good question. Good question. Andy Rourke's bass, yeah. Um, he calls it Old Faithful, does Andy? I think it's a might be a 56, 55, I'm not sure, Fender Precision Bass. And has, it, has he had that for years then? Yeah, he's had it, played it on all the hits and everything. Wow. Yeah, and he's, he's got that. Well, surely faithful. if you just nipped around to his house and distract him. <laughs> this in New York, <laughs> There's no nipping to New York, is there? Not in this day and age. No, no, that's true. I'm not sure what I'd like of anybody's. It's a funny one, isn't it, really? Because what do you do with Ian it once Anderson's you've got it? Flute. Who's? Ian Anderson. You, flute, you like flute? I used to love Jethro Tull. You look like you might do, you know. I met him, you know, in LA. I don't know how to take that. <laughs> I think that actually was very rude. Why? Why? <laughs> no, I did Explain. Like, no, tell me when you met him, what was he like? He was great. Um, we were in this West Hollywood, we were, with a fall in the bar in Leppard. Hotel, very nice. And he come in, and uh, I was talking about his trout farms. <laughs> like you do. Well, you know, I wasn't a fan of Jeff Road Soul or prog rock in general, though I did like Gong. And uh, I've been listening to a bit of a Van de Graaff generator this week. I was thinking of using it for a V, but the guy who started that off, um, he went to Manchester University, although he's not from Manchester, and the. They're not too bad, a bit. My old friend, the saxophone, makes an appearance too much. Upsets you that, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> they had something going, you know, they really did. Van de Graaff Generator. And Mark, uh, he, he always said, oh, they're great, these Simon, you know. But I didn't pay much attention because prog rock was the enemy when punk rock came on. <laughs> I forgot where I was now. So you don't mind a flute then? I, I like a flute, yeah, I do. Um, you know, and some soul, soul, you know, funk stuff uh, from the sixties. They sound amazing. Do air the band, the French band, do they use one? Might oh, do not. they? I don't know, but I know, they've been in the Apsley air. Have they? I remember them coming in when they played the Apollo. Oh, I'd love to have seen them. They were great, those lads. Yeah, what are they doing now? No idea. <laughs> what are you asking me? For? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what you I'm still furious about your comment. Well, me, me and Ian no, it's Anderson. A no, know, too it's a late. Sort of thinking person's instrument. It's too late now, Simon. It. You've really upset me. I'm sorry. Right, let's just move on. So yeah, the old, um, the old Vox Phantom guitar. How much do you think it was new then? So it went for 160. Uh, Vox, I don't know. They started making them in '62, probably about 50 quid or something wow. back then. Wow. I don't know. I might be wrong. I don't know the inflation figures. I got that far back, but the uh, Beatles used one, John Lennon. Uh, I'm not sure what colour his was, but this was a white one. You know, you couldn't mistake it. But I just, I never thought at the time that was Ian Curtis's guitar. Craig Scanlon from the Fall, guitarist, great guitarist. When I joined the band in '86, 
he always had a Vox AC30 amp, and it was an original one. I think it might have been a late 60s or 70s. But that's what gave him his signature sound, Jackie. It was very sort of scratchy almost, but he had a great way of playing it. When he changed amplifiers, he went to a, a, a much more modern one, a transistorized one, called the Roland Lab Series, I think it was. Same one Lou Reed used at that point, you know, in the 80s. One of the reasons Craig got the push, I'm sure it was, was because his, his guitar sound changed as a result of getting rid of the Vox, buying one of these newfangled, you know, transistorized ones. Wow. And, uh, and do you think he was influenced by Lou Reed and he thought, oh, well, if he's playing one of those, I'll have a go? It could have been a case of that. Yeah, I don't know where it appeared from. We didn't really get endorsed, um, you know, might have got a few strings and sticks and what have you, but I think it was bought, you know, by the band. You know, that's one of the reasons. It's terrible, you know, that he went and the whole sort of dynamic changed for the, you know, for the worse. After a couple of years, once Craig had gone, God bless you, Craig. My next V-Jackie is my dad's Vauxhall Victor. Now, we had a couple of them in the 60s. He had one, a cream-coloured, with a three, I think it was three-speed gear shift on the steering column, you know, American style. Quite big cars. The one in the 70s he got was a bit bigger, and it was a four-door, sort of horrible turquoise colour. My mum must have been working on Sundays, Sunday nights in particular, because... He used to take me on emergency calls round Withenshaw, park me up, go and see his patient in this house. And while that was on, the chart show would be on on a Sunday night, which was a pretty exciting thing. I heard a lot of music on that growing up. I suppose I must have been 10, but he'd, he'd leave me, I'd lock the door, and <laughs> and uh, he'd, he'd, uh, off he'd go, you know, for 15 minutes. But uh, I love listening to the radio, you know, the charts, all the T-Rex, Dave Bowie, Sweet, Slade, all that, just superb. I've got fond memories of that uh, Vauxhall. The first one, I remember we went for a day out or on holiday to Harlot Castle in North Wales. And it couldn't get up the hill. It's quite steep, that hill. Have you driven up it? No. It is steep. Uh, I don't think my dad was a brilliant driver. He kept getting done for speed. <laughs> <laughs> Could he not say he was on call as a doctor? Well, no, he didn't have one of them green lights. You know, I didn't. I don't think they had them then, unless you were in America. Wouldn't that have been great? Yeah. Because yeah. you, you and John Squire would have nicked it and put it on your car, pretending you were Starsky and Hutch. <laughs> so it wouldn't look very good on that Carlton Continental. <laughs> You'd have given it a good go. Yeah, I know, I know. Well, it's funny, isn't it, cars of the 70s, the colours that they were? We used to have a mustard yellow. I yeah, can't remember what make it was. Was it British Leyland? Because I had a mustard Mini 1275 GT, which is a, a horrible colour. But you don't see that colour anymore, do no, you? No, you don't. It's but, hardly surprising, really. Well, it really is. And we, I remember we had sort of like a very dark green, another one that you don't see very often. Uh, is that unlucky or is it red cars? No, I think people think it is, don't they, if you have a, a, a green, green car? Right, okay, never had one. But uh, the guy. Would off- you not have one just because it's green? If the, if it came. Um, somebody offered you a car and it was green, would you say no? Would I say no? No, I wouldn't. <laughs> you, so you wouldn't think it was that much? Are you not superstitious? No, not really. Do you um, salute magpies? 
I do take notice of how many they are and always count them, you know, if there's more than two or three. And, and you go through the saying in your head? Yeah, I do. Go every on, every time. What One for it? sorrow, two for joy, three for a girl, four for a boy, five for silver, six for gold, seven for a secret, never to be told. That's excellent. We might have to get you doing children's stories. <laughs> <laughs> the Vauxhall Vetra was used in... Randall and Hopkirk deceased, the TV detective series. Great. Not the ghost guy, the other guy, Guy Pratt's dad, the actor there, and he had one. It was a white one with red vinyl seats, just like that it was, the Vauxhall. Good car. I think it was about two litre, it was. You know, it wasn't that mad on cars. You did get an Alpha Sud, which was a kind of a cheap Alpha Romeo once, and it sort of taught me to drive in that. And it was called what? An Alpha Sud? Alpha Sud. Yeah, you never see them anymore because they rot like hell over it. And they've got a terrible name. I know. Yeah, it was like, it was quite, it made a good noise, let's put it like that, and it was nippy. It was a red one. And he used to do his calls in that later, and then I started driving that, you know, on my own. And so... When, you, it, when it was on holiday. <laughs> did your dad teach you to drive in that then? Yeah, I did get lessons and I passed. As well as your dad? Yeah, I did, yeah. Because there's nothing more stressful than trying to teach... Oh, I know. I'll your be, kids I'll... to drive or being taught by your dad. Me. Oh, he was a terrible backseat driver. The worst I've ever seen, actually, my dad. Did you just go to car parks? Uh, or did he let you drive on the road? Cause my no, dad, I went on the road. Oh, my dad wouldn't let me drive on the road. He took me to the car parks in Withinshaw. Right. Bellowed at me, made me cry, and then we oh, went home. I? Oh, Yeah. That's what I'd be like as well if I... Do you know, I didn't teach my daughter. I taught her how to play drums and she started crying. <laughs> But she did, she did learn what you know how to play pretty young thing. Oh well, that's on good. The drums, good beat. You know, once you got that, you're up and running. And uh, did your mum drive? Yeah, she drove as well. Yeah, she, uh, she had the big Datsun Laurel. That was a great car. It was like a pimp mobile. <laughs> Went everywhere in that. You know, well, out of London and Brighton with the weeds. It was a great, the greatest sound system in it. You don't see many of them either. No, I think we had a Datsun Sunny. Yeah, yeah, smaller one. They're a little yeah. dinky sort of car, yeah. Very reliable. Datsuns and Toyotas, so they're having a fair share of problems, aren't they? These car companies with the emission tests. And would you have an electric car? Yeah, why not? I was sceptical at first, but my mate got a Tesla. Went for a spin in that, and it's incredibly quick. really is. It works like a scale electric car, you know, when we were kids. If you remember how quick they went, you know, you push the juice button down. They were off. It's the same principle. Yeah, but they'd go flying off at the corners. Well, you yeah. You've got you to don't get, want that. You've got to get the suspension and the tyres right and all that. So what off. was it that made you worry about having an electric car? I was never worried. I just thought, oh, you know, they run out after 10 minutes and you'd be stuck halfway down the end. What a freezing night. Well, they're getting more and more popular, aren't they? That seems to be the way to go, Jackie, the old electric car. My next V is the Victoria and Albert Hotel in Manchester. Now, do you know where it is? I certainly have you, do. Have you ever been there? I've been there and I've played snooker with Liam Gallagher in there. Have you really? I have. Where's the snooker tables at? I don't know. It's in there somewhere. 
But that's one of my memories of, of being in there. Wow. Another one is the Mrs. Merton show had their rap party in there. Oh, good show. So, Near uh, Granada. Well, that's yeah, it was why. right next to Granada. Yeah. So I've been to the V&A quite a few times. Yeah, good hotel. I only mention it because that's where I stayed on Millennium Eve when I played with Ian Brown at the Castlefield Bowl there. It was a great night. I felt so sorry for the crowd because it was absolutely pouring down, Jackie. I remember. I went into town that night. Right. Just for a few drinks and then we all ended up at the Apsley. But everybody seemed to enjoy it. Yes. And we all went back there. I don't normally like New Year's Eve anymore. I just sort of stare out the window, have a nice meal with Lulu, bottle of champagne and watch the fireworks go off. I've been doing that for years, really, you know, from the from the apartment there. Well, we used to go to the Hacienda on New Year's Eve, did you? Yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah big so, extravagant. They were good, weren't they? They were great. Christmas Eve, New Year's Eve, their party nights, you know, when it was their anniversary oh. in May, they were always great. Don't bother anymore. No. New I, Year's I, Eve. I wonder what it's going to be like this year, you know, New Year's Eve. It'll be a virtual New Year's Eve for a lot of people, won't it? Well, it will. In your own homes. I'm, well, just, I'm just going to look out the window at the fireworks again, like I normally do. Yeah, but will there be fireworks? Yeah, I suppose people will have them in the gardens. Yeah, you're allowed they? to do that, aren't you? <laughs> They've not stopped all the fun. <laughs> <laughs> so you stayed in the hotel, and all the rooms used to be themed, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Now, I was trying to think about this earlier today. The room that I was in, and Emily was there, and it was a lovely night, and we're all dead happy. They had teddy bears. Or bears? Is there some sort of bear film that came out? Maybe I don't know in the in the eighties. Maybe the Care Bears no. film. Might have been. Yeah, they're all different bears, you know, with characters. My daughter likes it anyway. So yeah, I enjoyed it there. The V and A. Yeah, they have the different rooms are for the different TV shows that they make at Granada. All Granada. Yes. Right. If anybody out there can help me. <laughs> yeah. What was the film or TV production? And it was the year two thousand. Millennium Eve, yeah. Okay, well, we'll find out. Okay, brilliant. My next V is a hairdressing salon that used to be on Tib Street in Manchester back in the 90s, I think, early 90s. It was run by Andrew Berry, who, of course, the weed singer, hairdresser to the stars, (laughs) worked out of his... uh, Swing Salon, which is under the Hacienda stage. Moved around a couple of places, the Corn Exchange. And then he moved to basically uh, a businessman, <clears throat> uh, got involved and set up this uh, shop uh, above a takeaway, I think it was, and an electrician's. Had a beautiful glass-stained window put in, vanilla fudge. It was great. It was a hangout joint. I went there the first day, Jackie. It was terrible. He brought this sofa in on the first day, and it, and it was it was made of cheap foam, <laughs> and the end of my doobie fell off. Oh no! And bought a board a massive hole, you know, the size of a tennis ball, straight <laughs> through. <laughs> I'm sorry, Andrew, but uh, I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> it's only been there five minutes, but uh, yeah, it was great. Uh, we had a lot of fun up there. You know, um, Setting fire to things. <laughs> They took the stained glass window out, I noticed, walked down there the other day, Tib Street. I wonder who's got that now. Interesting. And, do, and does it say vanilla? Yeah, in, in red and green glass, you know, must oh. have cost a fortune. Well, I hope somebody has kept it. Yeah, I do too. I love stained glass. Yeah, I do. 
And I think Morgan, who cuts my hair now, a great hairdresser, he used to work there as well. And I've not seen Morgan for ages. But during the lockdown, we've hooked up again because he lives near me. And I've gone for a trim there, you know, a couple of times. So hiya, Morgan. <laughs> my next V-Jackie is the Avro Vulcan Bomber, which was built just down the road here, actually, wasn't it? I don't Wood- know. Yeah, Woodford. British Aerospace, I think they later became. That's where they started making it in the 1950s. Very, very futuristic Delta Wing plane. People, when it first flew from that factory, thought the aliens had uh, landed or were going to land and phoning up the local paper. You know, <laughs> they shattered all, all the windows everywhere. It's a bit of a beast of a plane, but when I was a kid growing up, I used to go to Woodford Air Display with my mum and dad. That's what I remember most, this Vulcan. And it was in camouflage colour, because they used to be white as well, the nuclear ones that were always on standby to reflect the um, nuclear blast, you see. There's some cine film of it that my dad took, because he had a cine camera, you see. I'm trying to find somebody to help me fix this cine projector. It's a UMIG 501. You need to get on the repair shop. What's that? Do you know the TV show? Oh, we talked about that, didn't we? Take it into them and get them to fix it. And then they can show your little cine films. Well, it might just be a matter of getting a bulb, but they're not easy. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's all they are, really, a great big bulb, uh, where the the spools of film, you know, pass through through the lens. The bulb lights it up. But uh, I, I can't seem to get one. Uh, so anybody out there can help, please let me know. Steve at the repair shop will be the man that can help you. Right. And I'm right. going on with you and pretending that I'm your wife. Well, let's have a go at it then, yeah. Just so that I can meet Steve. Right, okay. And Dom and everybody else that works Not on the repair Dom shop. Dom the Cockney guy. Not him, the bald man yeah. who shouts a lot. Yeah. It's not him. Oh, would I like to meet him? <laughs> That's a completely different show. Right, okay. Yeah, so uh, the British were years ahead. When the jet age started, the British were the best at it in the world. Why was that, do you think? Well, they just had engineers that um, invented the jet engine for a start. Uh, Sir Frank Whittle in a shed somewhere down south. Well, the Germans were doing it too. But we sold all our secrets to uh, the Russians and America got in there and uh, did it a lot better and made, you know, 100 times more. So what, we started it and then just... Yeah, lost being, you know, we weren't the leaders anymore, sort of thing. But what a great plane. And, of course, it was in Thunderball, the 1964 James Bond film, which ditches in the ocean. Does a car come out of it? No, it's got an atomic bomb in it, you see, and the baddies are trying to steal the atomic bomb. They send these frogmen down uh, to retrieve the bomb after they gas the pilot, uh, which is why I crashed. In the ocean, they've got a big uh, ship there waiting <laughs> to pick up the bomb and off they go, you know, hold the world to ransom. It stirred my imagination, that did. You know, that Vulcan scene there. Built them down here, down the road, like they did the Avro Lancaster, of course, four-engine prop World War Two bomber, which was very, very successful. So it must have got a lot of good people, engineers and stuff around these parts. So it's great. But what a noise that Vulcan makes. Well, there are, I don't think there's any flying anymore. I saw one about five, six years ago at a display. I think it was the last one going. And they've got really powerful four 
uh, Olympus turbo jets. Yeah, it, it makes a howling noise, unlike any other plane, really, because it's sucking so much air in so quick. These huge engines, same ones Concorde have. But this was, you know, a lot smaller, obviously. Just three or four blokes in it. It did one mission, you know, in anger, which was going to uh, bomb the airstrip in the Falklands. You know, and the Thatchers flew all the way back. Had to be refuelled about eight times. It's such a long way. But, yeah, it went and it did its thing and came back. And it's gone now. So, yeah, it's a shame. Because I've always, you know, I like planes. But, yeah, uh, Vulcan, brilliant plane. The next V-Jackie was the venue. It was a club. Only a few doors down from the Hacienda. It was more of an indie club than a dance club. Although, of course, the Hacienda played a lot of indie, especially on a Thursday. We used to go there, you know, occasionally, just for a change. A lot of DJs, Dave Booth worked there, Andrew Berry worked down there, and Tintin, my mate, who I keep mentioning. <laughs> Hello, Tintin. <laughs> uh, he worked down there. It was, you had to go down some steps. and It was really good. It was like a size of, say, a, a working man's club, you know, in a mining town, something like that. It was good for a late drink, wasn't it? Yeah, or, it was. It was cheap as well. Yeah, we booze. used to, if we went to the International to see somebody play. Yeah, you go there. We'd walk from the International. Right. Into town. Yeah. Just to go to the venue. Just right. Just to get a last drink. Okay. But they'd try and charge you at quarter to two. In those days, the club's shut at two. Yeah, I'd say, no, I've only just bobbed outside. I've been in here all <laughs> night. And they'd go get in. <laughs> Did but you, I loved the venue. Yeah, it was good, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a bit like the boardwalk. It was that sign. And the Berlin, do you remember the Berlin? I do remember the Berlin. Yeah, they were all quite small clubs, weren't they? Do you remember walking back from the International? Didn't you go in the Cypress Tavern occasionally? Cypress Tavern was another great one. Yeah, what was the one round the corner there as well? There was one in the corner. Cypress Tavern on the left, going north. Yeah. Left onto Whitworth Street, just before you go left onto Whitworth. Oh, never eat shredded wheat again. I don't know. no. Uh, oh, it's a pity I can't remember that one. The venue was good, and sometimes they had live bands on. Did they? I don't yeah. remember that. Yeah, so they used to have a few... Um, Who did you see there? Then? Live indie nights. Just usually, like, local local bands. Okay. You know, that all sound a bit similar. Right. But that but was always good. Were they as good as the bands that played at the boardwalk? Can you no, remember that? No, I think it was a level down from the uh, boardwalk. Okay. It, was, it was sort of an introductory sort of... Right. Introduction. Well, they'd have jam nights and stuff. Yeah. You'd get up and do your thing. Well, it was yeah. always a good night. The music yeah, was. was great in the venue. Yeah, it was. But I didn't realise it was all those DJs, so that's why it was so good. Yeah, it's a shame. It got filled in with concrete, that basement, to support the house at the end of flats that they built above oh, it. Did you say. Yeah. Yeah, such a shame. Yeah, it's sad, isn't it, to see all those clubs around town have gone? Yeah. All the yeah, little ones. And there was one across the road from it. Do you remember that? Yeah, the Brick House. The Brick House, yeah. yeah. That was all right. It was all right, yeah. It was a bit studenty, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was a student at the time and it annoyed me, so. <laughs> there was loads in town that were great. Yeah, there was. But the venue was one of the one of the better ones. Yeah, it was. You know, for a change, though, I'd go there. Yeah. Just for a change of scenery, because I was always in the Hacienda. You know, even at tea time, you know, having a burger and chips or something. So, yeah, that's the venue. My next V is a drink, Jackie. Vimto. And where do you stand on it? Do you like it? I do like Vimto. Do you mean as opposed to Ribena? I prefer Ribena, I've got to be honest. Oh, what? Yeah. 
Absolutely, yeah. I, I do like Vimto. I used to like the Jubblers he used to get. Like, you know, do you remember that? Yeah. Jubblers. Except <laughs> <laughs> when they sometimes they'd pop right out, wouldn't they, and fall on the floor. Floor. And you'd lose it. Yeah. That'd be the end of that. You'd be furious. We could shave it off, though. You know the dirt with your mum's kitchen. <laughs> Guy called John Noel Nichols started the company. At first, it was called Vimtonic. There's a guy but brought up in Blackburn. He had a spice and tonic business, which was actually based out of Granby Row. You know Granby Row, which is where the Clash recorded Bank Robber. At Pluto Studios, round the corner from where I was at India House. Uh, yeah, Granby Row, also where I saw the fight between Mike Tyson and... Frank Bruno. Frank Bruno, yeah, round at Shaw and Ryder's flat, because he had a flat on Granby Row as well, opposite where the Pluto Studio was. But, yeah, he started there, and he's, basically in 1908, a licence law came out. You'll know all about this, being in the trade. It was all to do with temperance, you know, um, <laughs> trying to make everybody a goody-goody. Because <laughs> there was a temperance night at the Hacienda, wasn't there? There was. And, and there is a temperance street in Manchester underneath the railway arches where Piccadilly is, just where um, Frey Island is, which is, have you, have you seen that? No. Well, it's like a, an outdoor space for, you know, pa- oh, partying. The, yeah. the skateboard place around there. No, not that. Oh, okay. It's kind of like um, something you'd see in Ibiza, you know, in, what, in Manchester, <laughs> under the railway arches. Oh, you mean all the food and drink places? Yeah. Oh, okay. With nice settees and yes. table service. Oh, no, I've been there. It's great. You know, great music and live bands. I saw a great funk band there because uh, I went, you know, a few weeks ago uh, to go and see Luke, who's running things. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's... Um, Temperance. So basically, uh, he, he thought there was a market here for this fruity drink. It got too big, you know, the business, straight away. You know, everybody bought right into it. He moved to Withenshaw then. He renamed it Vimto, you know, from Vim Tonic. Had a successful business. I'm not sure whether it's still there. For a while, they were doing it at uh, Chapel Street in Salford as well, Vimto. I think there's uh, some commemorative building or statue to do with Vimto just along there so yeah Vimto that's great uh, but I prefer it hot if I'm honest oh no I don't do any blackcurrant or anything hot no no I think it's, it tastes awful I don't like fruity teas do you no 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 I used to work with a girl who honestly she must have brought me in about every single different flavor she was determined to find one that I would like okay and they just taste like not nice. I just like my builder's tea, really. Yeah, exactly. Really strong tea. Although I have but, cut down on the sugar, you know, from three to two to one. Now hey, I just have half. Hey, that's good. Yeah, it's taken me 30 years. <laughs> You're heading in the right direction. Yeah. But Vimto, it's a great Northwest success story, isn't it? It is, it really is, yeah. So we applaud them for that. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Next V is the capital of Lithuania, Vilnius. <laughs> now, we went to do a gig there with the fall. I think it was the early 90s. And we got on this clapped out old Lithuanian air, Boeing 737, really old one. 
was really making a hell of a lot of noise that we shouldn't have been shouldn't have been making those noises at all. It's not that far really, but anyway, we got there. We went down to stay at this. Uh, it was like a youth hostel sort of thing. And Mark said, "Yeah, watch it, lads. You know uh, they'll be listening in on your phones. Be, you know, don't use those phones because they all they have these like lime green sort of trim phones that you see in Russia. A very basic rooms. This woman who was the manager there looked like a Bond villainess. You know, <laughs> she really did. She didn't like us a lot at all. But Mark." Broke the bed there. Don't ask me how. Oh, no. And there was a big scene, you know, in the in the reception about this broken bed. But so uh, yeah, enjoyed it there, villainous. We played in town hall. Were you popular there? Well, there was a few people. <laughs> and uh, I remember being a, a, a train carriage outside the gig, which was a waxworks, you know, really poor waxworks. I can't remember who they were. But, uh, you know, they weren't very good. We had a lot of antique stalls there. I bought a set of Russian dolls while I was there. Me and Stephen Craig and Dave Bush, I think, he was in the band then. Went to the KGB museum in the town centre, you know, looking at those horrible cells there that he had. Good little museum, actually. Did Mark not fancy that? No, I don't know. I don't know where he was. Who knows? You'd think that'd be something he'd be interested in, with his espionage background. Well... It's probably, it might have been another one somewhere else, you know. It was, it was a bit of a tourist trap, really. It could have been any old cellar, but apparently it was the one where, where prisoners were kept and mistreated. But there's a lot of reading involved. I don't know whether, you, you know, sometimes you go to a museum and you start reading and you go, I'm, I'm going to read everything about this. After a bit, you just have to give up, don't you? It's too much. It's too much to take it all in, isn't it, Jackie? So we had a nice time. <laughs> Vilnius in Lithuania. <laughs> Great place. OK, what's your next V? My next V is a song written by the Kinks, Victoria, which the fall covered, of course. Um, it's one of their biggest hits. We did a video for it down in the Rotherite Tunnel, which goes under the Thames, uh, Victorian Tunnel. Most of it was shot on the stairway, spirals. Cast iron staircase. Yes, I've green. been down that tunnel. Have you? Yeah, it's good when you go right under the Thames. We didn't go under really, as I remember it. We just shot, shot it on the stairway. Oh, well, no, you can, you can go all the way over. To can the you? Other, yeah, to the other side. It's great. Right. What happens when you get to the other side? Well, you just have a come look, back. Have a look round. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the Cutty Sark's on one side of it. Ah, sure uh, okay. I'm, I'm sure that was there. Right. Okay. But anyway, get back to your video. Yeah, um, we, well, Victoria, we, were, we all had to dress up. It was a quite quite a few quid spent on this one for the fall, anyway. We all got Victorian costumes, you know, outfits, top hats, waistcoats, you know, fob and shame. <laughs> you put your hands in your pockets and walk around waving a uni child like a daft sod. I get dead embarrassed. Did you not like it? Well, I did, you know, looking back, because we had a good time, but um, obviously we were told what to do by the director, Emma, I think she's called. And, you know, we had makeup people. And we did other shots in a building nearby, you know, in a Victor with a big a bow big bow window, Victorian, you know, curved glass. Of course the single got played, Victoria, on the East Enders Cafe in one of the scenes. I'll never forget that, you know. Finally I made it. <laughs> 
And who decided to cover it? Um, I don't know. Good question. It might have been the record company, but though Mark, you know, he liked the Kinks. You know, he used to talk about the Kinks quite a lot. Because uh, you did a few covers, didn't you, at that time? Yeah, Ghost of My House, Ardeen Taylor. That was all right as well. I knew the Ardeen Taylor song, you know, from being a kid. I think my mum might have had it, you know, a single. Uh, so it was, you know, very familiar to me. It sort of felt great, you know, when he, when he said, right, we're doing this Ghost in My House by Ardeen Taylor. It was on Motown Records. And Mark used to say, oh, Motown tried to sign the fall, you know, Simon. Uh, he said that a few times. I, I don't know if it was a subsidiary of Motown or something. I don't really know. But he was quite proud of this fact. Yeah, it's a, it's a great video, Victoria. Worth checking out. Got a cake that's made uh, the shape of the Alexandra Palace, uh, which was, you know, uh, like a marvel at the time, wasn't it? All mm-hmm. that glass. There's whalebone corsets, soccer. Michael Clark is featured as one of the players in the background. Simon mm-hmm. Rogers, he plays Queen Victoria himself. And I think we might have fi- filmed it in the Hackney Empire as well. There's a lot of shots where in the um, yeah, in the gods like an old theatre waving yeah. flags, uh, you know, Union Jack. And Mark and looked good. He looked great in that one. There's some great shots. Yeah, he did a good job on that. But it was a good run. That whole thing, Ghost of My House, Pharmacist, Ghost, Victoria, <laughs> a couple of others hit the north. That was the best time. Yeah, yeah there's no doubt. Because you had Bricks in the band. You had Marsha. Yeah. Yeah, they were great, them two. Right, laugh. Craig. Simon Rogers, of course. And Simon was lovely. Yeah. Uh, he was another one who worked with the fine young cannibals, Simon, you know, on their stuff. A bit like Mark Refoy, who worked with recently on Lucy Jenner. He plays guitar um, for Spiritualized. And live Pet Shop Boy gigs, plays a bit of guitar for them as well. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely worth watching, Victoria, if you've never seen it. My next V-Jackie is Victor Brox. Now, Victor Brox from Ashton Underline, he had the Victor Brox blues band. Great blues guy, white guy. He worked with uh, all the greats, you know, Hendrix. Didn't Hendrix say he was... The best blues singer around. Yeah, he did say that, yeah. Isn't that great? I know, what what a compliment. (laughs) Yeah, he worked with loads of people, Eric Clapton and people like that. But the, when the Weeds, we got a gig supporting Strawberry Switchblade down at the Hammersmith Palais, not the Odeon, the Palais, because I'd been there with the Clash, seen them. In fact, I nearly got beat up there. <laughs> well, I, I've got somehow, I got on uh, to watch the band on stage. Because me and John, you know, knew the uh, promoters. They used to give us passes. But watching the band out there, the Clash, they're playing... Where's your puff? <laughs> so, got older, mate. Started trying to, you know, yank me away from from the stage. And luckily, uh, Topper Eden, who was playing away drumming there, he had a drum roadie called Baker Glare. His faithful drum roadie, you know, went everywhere with him. He saw what was going on and he jumped in and intervened and uh, you know rescued me from this predicament I found myself in. So thank you, Baker. <laughs> I think he's in America now. So, yeah, uh, Victor Prox came with us to this gig, supporting the Switchblade. Now, what was that song they had? It was a lovely song. 
Since Yesterday, nice little song. Lovely. You don't hear it very often. Yeah, so Victor Brock's, I think he just came down with us. I don't think he lived down there. But it was great, you know, he's all kind of uh, whiskers and madder, <laughs> big beard. He was a trumpet player. Uh, you can play anything, basically. But for us, he had like a Hammond organ. He might have been playing with Psychic TV as well, because they were on. I always found them a bit kind of a, a bit of an acquired taste myself, Psychic TV. But uh, the rest of the band, they were really into him. So it was a great day of that anyway. I think we might have driven down in the old Datsun Laurel for that one. Uh, yeah, great memories. We both know Victor Brox's daughter, don't we, Buffy? I do know Buffy. Hi, Buffy. Hello, Buffy. She's great, yeah. She's, She's ab- a singer as well, isn't she? She is, fabulous singer. They're all singers, aren't they? Her sister's a singer, Kyla Brox. She's a really good blues singer. What about the lad? Is he a musician um, as well? I think, I think they're all really talented. They right. had five kids, I remember, because they've got four girls and a boy, which is the same as us. Right, okay. We're four girls and a boy, not nearly as talented, let me tell you. <laughs> but Buffy's son, Shay, Shay, is also really talented. Right, okay. A really talented musician. Nice name. Um, yeah, so it just must run in the family. Right, sure. This talent just runs through. It can't be something that you're taught. I think some people just have it. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I really do. Shay had a leaving party a couple of years ago because he went to live in Canada with his dad, Dave. Victor sang. Oh, did he? And I? performed. It well, was a right laugh at Victor. You know, I remember at the gig, he was just smiling, you know, and playing away. Well, that's it. That's all they did. They just, it's, it's what just a lovely family they are. Yeah, they are. So that's Victor Brock's for you. Okay, we're going to need a soundtrack for the letter V. What have you got? I've got Since Yesterday by Strawberry Switchblade. Next one, Blow Monkeys, Digging Your Scene. That's one of my favourite ever songs, Simon. Well done. Fantastic, isn't it? Okay, Sunshine on a Rainy Day by Zoe. I'm going to go with KD Lang, Constant Craving. Why not? (laughs) How many is that? Aztec camera, oblivious. They are all excellent this week, Simon. Brilliant. Well done. Okay, see you next time. Thank you, Jackie. Yes, you will. This podcast was produced and edited by John. Post-production is by Carl Svensson at Tadar Media Limited. Music by Colin McGrath, Joe Brown, Johnny Smale and Simon Wollstonecroft. And the artwork is by Lee Dyer. This has been Funky Size, A to Z of Manchester.